we're going to continue today. Um, the Lord just kind of all week down at Ramah just has been stirring me along a line of the wisdom of God. So I'm going a little bit different direction, but this, what we're going to talk about today is so, so very important because so many Christians are frustrated and, and they're, they're just, because the enemy's coming at them and they're just frustrated and there's inner turmoil. And we're going to talk today about how the wisdom of God, there's an aspect of walking in the wisdom of God that eradicates all that in your life where you live in peace, where you live content. Oh yeah, your feelings might freak out a little bit or whatever, but it doesn't affect you. Because God wants you content. He wants you thankful, grateful, because this is the road, like we said earlier, when the praise goes up, the walls come down. So we're going to talk about the wisdom of God today. Actually, go ahead and open your Bibles. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Let's just jump off here. This is our foundational scripture. And then we're just going to get into some, review a couple things, and then we'll get into some things. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. It means it's the first thing, the most important thing. Therefore, get or pursue wisdom. And with all you're getting or with all you're pursuing, pursue understanding. And which, as we've talked about this, what that means is think right. Everything in your life starts with your thought life. If you're in a mess in your life right now, you have literally thought and spoken yourself into that mess. And here's the cool thing. You can think and speak your way out of it and right back where God wants you to be. This is so very important. Not only... Can you have what you say? You will have what you say. But here's the real thing. You will say what you think. So understanding teaches you to think right. And understanding flows. It's a byproduct of wisdom. Which remember we said this. The wisdom of God is not of this world. It, it's not of that we're going to look even deeper in that. The book of Job really really talks and takes a moment to really talk about wisdom. It's real interesting that God would talk about the origin of wisdom in the first book written in the Bible. You know, the book of Job was written by Moses, and, and literally it talks about the origin of wisdom. It's not of this world. It's not outward. It's inward. Wisdom is of your spirit. The byproduct of wisdom is it gives you understanding what that is, it enables you to think right. Thinking right is a byproduct of walking in the wisdom of God. We have to know this as children of God. If you don't know how to operate and walk in the wisdom of God, you will never be able to figure out God's plan for your life because you can't see it. What that means is you'll look at your own ability and you'll choose something that'll be far below what God has for you. And so... so Think of it this way. The wisdom of God has been given to us by our Heavenly Father for the purpose of giving us an unfair advantage in this world. It gives you an unfair advantage. The Holy Spirit gives you an unfair advantage. The Holy Spirit, as you yield yourself to the Word of God and yield yourself to God and put Him first in your life, the Holy Spirit will always make sure that you're in the right place at the right time with the right heart 
doing the right thing. Well, how is that possible? Because what flows out of the word of God that he's bringing revelation, it, it, what's flowing out is the wisdom of God. It enables you to think right, which means you're going to believe right, which means you're going to talk right and act right, and you're going to be able to literally position yourself so that the God of heaven can literally get over to you everything that he provided for you in Christ. God's not doing anything for people today. He's already done it. So now the wisdom of God enables us to position ourselves so that now those blessings can overtake us and, and create a life of thanksgiving and gratitude and peace, joy, where all of a sudden now I'm not strong in myself. I'm strong in the Lord. What does that mean? The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? So let's get into this just a little bit. So think about thinking right. Go over to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. This is another foundational scripture that we jumped in. And I want to encourage you, this is week three in this series. And I, I have a sense that this is going to be, that, that the Lord's just going to release me to go into some wonderful things. And he's going to lead us into some wonderful things here. But we're going we're gonna to take our time. Remember this, we said this. The wisdom of God is all about what it does. It enables you to bring the victory that God's provided into your life so that you can walk out God's plan. You need to walk in the victory that he's provided for you. Otherwise, you can't walk out his plan for your life because his, his plan is not decrease. His plan is not go backwards. And what's funny is sometimes he'll lead you to do things that in the natural seem backwards, but they're not. See, God doesn't come into your life and turn your life upside down. Our lives are already upside down. The whole world system is upside down, right? God comes into your life and he'll turn it all right side up. And I can't stress the importance in these last days. I don't know how long we have. I have a sense that we're a lot closer than even we think. You know, last week, the head of the Muslim world and the Pope, they embraced and they both signed a document that could very well be the original, I mean, it sure looks like it, of a one world religion. That was, that's the purpose of it. You know, the Ezekiel 38 conflict that will happen right at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, right after the church is taken out of here, every nation is in place in, in, in Israel right now for the first time in history. Every, everyone is in place. It's all the stage is set. There are so many things going on right now. There's not one Bible prophecy that has to come about before the rapture of the church. And, and a, a little missing piece just got put into place, another big piece, this one world religion. You know, we're living in exciting times. These are times where we have to, we have to get serious about our walk with God. This is not the time to be living for yourself and not having the word first place because you won't be strong enough in yourself to be able to maintain. We have to get ready because this we know, we are going to see the greatest level of prosperity that we've ever seen in the church 
but who knows what the economy will be doing. We don't know. So see, when God is your source, whatever, right? He is our source of supply, and he's faithful. So God will use his wisdom to bring victory into your life, enabling you to walk out his plan for your life. So Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning or the opening or the commencement of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord. It's the Hebrew word yurah. The yurah of the Lord. It's, it's where it literally means the reverence, the honor, the respect above everything else in my life of the Lord is the opening of wisdom. It literally opens. The wisdom of God opens to me and I just step into it. I step into a new place where all things are possible. I mean, this is, this is so important that we get this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So let's see a picture of this in the New Testament. You guys doing all right this morning? You all thought out from scraping your driveways, right? Go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. Aren't you glad for what God is doing in our midst? I mean, to have a, you know, Faith Family Church is a great church. It's a place where the Word of God is taught under the anointing, in an environment of the love of God, where the Holy Spirit is allowed to move in worship, and where the Holy Spirit is allowed to move in our midst all the time. There are great men and women of God in this church that are hungry, and this hunger level is growing. It's such a wonderful thing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Now what this is, Paul, he said this. He, in this the, the book of Ephesians, it's, it's a, it was to be a circulatory letter that was to be just passed around and read in all churches. So you could that letter was written to us at Faith Family Church right now. And in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul gives a prayer of supplication. The prayer of supplication, there are nine different types of prayer uh, that are outlined in the New Testament. The prayer of supplication is a prayer where we pray this for believers. You could pray it for yourself or for another believer. And what the prayer of supplication does, it helps a person and enables them to lay hold of the plan of God for their life. So this prayer, Paul said, when, after I heard of your faith and your love, I never stop praying this for you. And this is what, now I want you to see what he's praying and how it fits in with the wisdom of God. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is something that Paul prayed constantly for the people. He would, he would go into an area where the gospel had never been preached. He would pray the prayer of intercession so that people could come to know Christ. And then after they got saved, he would still pray for others to get the prayer of intercession for others to be saved. But then he'd pray the prayer of supplication constantly for these believers who were already walking by faith and walking in love. Uh, he, was, he was praying for them so that they could lay hold of the plan of God for their life. So look at this. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, 
here's the prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, what? Of him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of wisdom. Wisdom, the wisdom of God is a spiritual force. It's not natural. It's a spiritual force. The spirit of wisdom is not physical. If it was, all you would need is a book to learn about it. But you can't just get it from a book because it's not natural. It's not intellectual or all you would need is knowledge. The wisdom of God, which is a spiritual force, only comes as you pound the word of God into your spirit through discipline. You meditate in the word day and night. That's how it comes. That he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Realize this. The spirit of wisdom, wisdom, will always give you a revelation of who God is. Salvation is knowing God. Life is knowing him. If you don't have the wisdom of God, you're not going to know him. Does that make sense? Oh, you might know him as your savior. But when you walk through life and a sickness or a disease attacks your body illegally, you have to know him, have revelation knowledge of him. It's, he's, it's part of you that he is your healer. Because you're a New Testament believer. It's not like the Old Testament where, okay, if I obey, then God will do this. No, this is a New Testament thing. So now I already am the healed. So now as I walk with him, now I, I'm the one. I tell sickness, you got to get out of my body. It is written, it is written, it is written. Now when I say that, God will get it out. But everything must bow to who you are in Christ. That's the New Testament progression. This is huge. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom always gives you a revelation of who God is. The church knows little about God because we operate in such a low, low level of wisdom. And I'm not being negative. It's just where we are right now. I'm telling you in your life, if you will give yourself and make a decision to put the word of God first. I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of people who do that. We could give testimonies of how your life changes that way. Because all of a sudden, you, got, you don't have to work so hard because God's working. Wisdom becomes yours as you pound the word of God into your spirit. Look at it says here in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your spirit being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is that? This prayer of supplication that you would know God's plan for your life. This is so important. God wants you to know his plan for your life. Now remember, we know that plan. It's eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It hasn't even entered into the mind of man the wonderful things that God's prepared for those that love him. 
See, God's plan for your life is already in your spirit. And the wisdom of God will draw it out so that your mind can now see it and get renewed to it. This is so important. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The second thing, and what are the riches? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He gives us the spirit of wisdom so that we can know our inheritance, what it is. You got believers running around, they get sick, they don't know if God's doing it or if God's doing it, or if God's doing it or if the enemy's doing it. Maybe God's causing this to teach me something, which, which totally means that they don't read their Bible because the Bible doesn't teach that. People will think, well, you know, God, uh, you know, he's not good all the time. Well, where does it say that? Right? You know, all these things, where does that come from? A low level of wisdom, if any, that people are walking in. That's where all this stuff comes from. Because what happens is if you're not walking in the wisdom of God, you will walk in natural man's wisdom. And all of a sudden you'll think, listen, you know, I asked God, he didn't heal me, so then this must be his will. Because it makes sense. Or, you know, healing's been done away with because, you know, my grandmother loved God with all of her heart, but she died of sickness and disease. So I guess, you know, when grandma died, I guess that just trumped the word of God forever. No, that's silly, right? Maybe grandma might have missed it. Maybe grandma didn't miss it and just wanted to go home. Who knows, right? I mean, I could look at the outside. I could judge fruit in your life, but I can't judge your heart. We don't know. We, if we want to know the will of God, we have to look to the word of God. But most Christians live their life, and at best, they might read once in a while, right? Pull out my iPhone, and, and while I'm driving, I let, the, I let my iPhone, what is it, God's word thing, right? You version. It'll just read it to me, so I don't even have to read it. Well, that's okay, as long as you have other times where you're giving God your undivided attention, and you're allowing you're meditating in the word so the wisdom of God could come out. But if you're just listening, if you're just reading casually, you know, oh man, I haven't spent time with God today. I've worked 18 hours. I'm wiped out. And you fall, find yourself falling asleep. Have you ever studied the word before? This happens to me. And the Lord's like, Tony, go to sleep. <laughs> right? Because it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. So the second thing, and what the riches of his glory in this, of, his, of, his, of his inheritance in the saints, the third thing, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. It'll, the wisdom of God will give you a revelation of the incredible power that is pointed towards you. It's to usward as you believe. The power of God's there all the time, but it won't do you any good unless you believe it, right? Because otherwise he'd have to violate your will to get it over to you. It's real interesting where he says here, the eyes of your understanding being lightened that you may know the hope of his calling. Notice he didn't specify what the hope of his calling is. The reason why he didn't specify that is because it's different for every person. Right? So that's why he didn't specifically say, your path is different than everybody else's path, even though we're all together. God gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that we can know his plan for our life. 
We have to know it. You can't figure it out. I've tried that. It, you know, you put the positives and the negative. There's things that you're going to get in life where it just doesn't add up. And you're like, okay, there's four ways that I could go here. Which is the way? Because it's not multiple choice. And we want to choose right. Why? The blessing of God is in the land that he places you in. Wisdom causes your spiritual eyes to be open to God's plan for your life. So if you're taking notes, you would write it this way. Wisdom, and I mentioned this before, equals insight and understanding, which equals the ability to hear God's word so that you could apply it to your life. Wisdom equals, right, insight and understanding, which equals what? The ability to hear the word and apply it to your life. Very simple, but this is the progress. You're not going to be able to hear the word of God and apply it to your life if you don't have insight right, of the word of God, and you're not going to have that without wisdom. So you have to have wisdom. We study the word, and we begin to see God's knowledge in a precise and accurate way. We begin to see it crystal clear. If things are confusing and clouded, go back and make sure that you're pounding the word of God in, you're meditating in the word day and night, because if it's clouded, if, it's, if you're confused, or if you find yourself, this is what we'll do, we, we'll start playing church, and we'll start acting spiritual. You know, and, and when we're talking to friends, we have this down deep, we've kind of suppressed it, but we kind of we suppress stuff, and then when people are talking to us, we try to act spiritual. Well, God told me to do this, and God told me to do that. And, and you know, sometimes you hear somebody say that, and you could tell, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not seeing any faith, right? Or sometimes it, it gets to the point, if you play that game too long, what God's telling you to do will all of a sudden just, in a, in a two-minute conversation, you, you think of three scriptures while the person's telling you that God's word is completely opposite of what you're saying. I've thought things like, the God of heaven doesn't, must not love me because of my past. Oh my gosh, I've messed up. He's no longer in my life. That's just as stupid. When God says very clearly, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. My love for you is eternal. Crazy stuff. We think crazy stuff like, God has not provided healing for us. That God won't come on the scene and deliver us. Right? It's silly. You, you think, well, that's stupid. The word says this. Exactly. So just remember that in all of our beliefs, and wisdom will help us. So let's keep going with this. The, and it says in verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? We got to see, Satan does not mind if we talk about the power of God. He doesn't even mind if we get up and say there's power in the name of Jesus, right? But what he doesn't want is when you start saying there's power available if you'll believe. And when a person starts saying there is power in the name of Jesus, 
And, and man, their whole life is going, and I believe it. Right? That's what he doesn't want. Because he's done there. Wisdom causes your spiritual eyes to be open so that you can see God's plan for your life. This is so, so very important. So let's talk about, let's go to the book of Job. The book of Job, verse, or chapter 28. We're going to talk a little bit about the origin of wisdom. This brings out some wonderful things. It says here in Job, we're going to start in verse 12 of chapter 28. Job 28, 12. It says, but where shall wisdom be found? Now, the reason why we're hitting this so hard is the, the tendency is to think that I'm walking in the wisdom of God when I'm actually walking in natural wisdom. And then when things are not working, we wonder why, right? But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? It's real interesting. When it talks about wisdom, it always talks about understanding. Where? Where is the place of wisdom? This is telling me wisdom, the wisdom of God is not readily available. You've got to look for it, right? Verse 13, man knows not the price thereof. Only God knows the price of wisdom, right? So follow me in this. Neither is it found in the land of the living. Interesting. We know that wisdom comes from God it's deposited in our heart. It is from within. Wisdom is not of this earth. Wisdom cannot be learned through the experiences of life. You don't learn the wisdom of God from natural experiences. It only comes out of the word of God that you have in your heart. So, so don't like, like if you touch a hot stove, that's not God's wisdom. That's natural wisdom. Don't touch this thing, right? But we're talking about God's wisdom. It is not of this world. The wisdom of God is not a created thing. It is not from man. Here's a big one. You cannot get the wisdom of God from someone else. See, when I get together, if I get together with Rob, we go to lunch and we're sharing the word, and all of a sudden, he's sharing things with me, and what happens now, he has wisdom because he has a revelation of the word. I still don't get wisdom from him. Wisdom only comes from God. So what happens, though, when he shares a revelation of the word with me, and it connects my heart, the wisdom of God will come out of my heart. The wisdom of God is directly from God to you. Isn't that cool? I love that. Wisdom is hid from the living. So now verse 14, Job 28, 14. The depth says, it is not in me, and the sea says, it's not with me. From this we learn you cannot find the wisdom of God in nature. Okay? Now, does, does nature, the Bible says the heavens, the earth, they reveal the Trinity. They reveal who God is. But the wisdom of God comes from his word. It comes directly from God. We can't find the wisdom of God in nature. Job 28, 15. 
It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. In other words, you cannot buy wisdom. Well, of course, pastor, I mean, who would try to buy wisdom? Oh, there's people that are in churches that they think the more they give, the more God is going to be able to give them things. And no, 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 you don't buy these things. Now, now giving to God, it all only causes you to increase. But there's people that, that don't know the Lord and think, man, I better tithe. Or God, it's almost like God's some crime boss. Well, if I don't tithe, then he won't bless me. You're, you're, you're looking at this deal all wrong, right? Because God, God, he doesn't bless you because you obey. We got to get out of this as a New Testament believer. I am blessed because I'm born again. I'm his child. And as I follow his word, now I, I'm able to access the blessing. How do I do that? It, he just adds it. It's all about a relationship with him. Why do I tithe? Why do I give offerings? Why do I forgive? Why do I walk in unconditional love with people? Even though my flesh sometimes doesn't like any of this stuff. Why? Because I love him. And he draws me. Right? So this is, it's a love relationship. You cannot buy wisdom. The wisdom of God, why? It's priceless. But here is the cost of it, and we're going to see this. The wisdom of God will cost you everything. It'll cost you everything. You're going to have to take everything in your life and burn it all if you want the wisdom of God. Great. Thanks, Pastor. So glad we came out on this day. We're going to see that in Scripture. However, the benefit will far exceed any costs that you could ever imagine in your life. You're going to have to lay down certain things to follow the Lord. But it won't, it, it, that, that what you lay down, your flesh may not want it, but trust me, there is fulfillment. There is nothing that you'll give up ever in this life that you won't get back 100%, or I shouldn't, not 100%, 100-fold in this life. It does, not, it does not cost you to follow the Lord. It pays. But we don't do it for that. We do that because we love him. Why am I saying this? Here's a big statement that the Lord said to me years ago. It is not what you possess that matters. It's what possesses you that matters. That, that it's, it's, see, people, you know, you'll come to church and, man, if I drive a nicer car or if I dress better, sometimes I might think that I'm a little better. No, 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 no. It's not what you possess that's going to get you over in life. It's what possesses you. The word of God, the wisdom of God, the spirit of God, the word of God that, you, that you're possessed with is what's going to get you over in life. This is so huge. Colossians 3.16 says this, let or allow the word of God to dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We let the word of God dwell in us richly in all wisdom. 
We meditate in the word day and night so that the wisdom of God is coming out of the word that's in our heart. That's how it dwells in our heart richly in all wisdom. So let's look at verse 16 of Job 28. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Another, thing, another way of saying this is the things that men pursue in life cannot compare to wisdom. You, there's nothing in this world that you, could, that you can pursue that could ever compare to the wisdom of God. Nothing. Verse 20, where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close or it's concealed from the fowls of the air. Isn't it interesting how God would know that we would use animals and and all this nature stuff, how, how, how people would always be looking to that. And, and, and so the word of God saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's hid from everybody who's alive that's a human, but it's also hidden from animals and birds and fowls. Don't look to these places for the wisdom of God. In other words, the majority of people on this earth do not walk in the wisdom of God or have it, right? Verse 22, destruction and death say... We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. I love this verse. So over here is destruction and death. Somebody comes up and goes, hey, have you heard of wisdom? You know, I, with, my, with our ears, we've heard of the fame of wisdom. Why is that in the word? It's because the wisdom of God, if you had a spectrum here, on one end would be death and destruction. On the other end is wisdom. Wisdom will keep you from death and destruction, right? This is huge. Wisdom does not take you to destruction or death. It always keeps you from it. Verse 23, God understands the way thereof, and he knows the place thereof. Now let's jump down to verse 28. And unto man he said, behold... The yira, or the fear of the Lord, is wisdom. That is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. See, until you start thinking right, you'll never be able to depart from evil. You want to overcome a sin habit? Don't sit there and go, okay, I am not going to do this anymore. No, right? To get, to get free from anything... You have to think right. You have to think right. To depart from evil is understanding. Understanding comes as a byproduct of wisdom. So a byproduct of wisdom is you'll start thinking right, and now you'll be able to depart from evil. Which means that the wages of sin is death, right? So now you're far from it. Can't touch you anymore. I heard Lester Summerall, well, I've heard this for years. I'm, most of you know this. He says about sin, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you far more than you ever want to pay, right? 
And so see, the wisdom of God will keep you out of that. Now here's a big scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.30. You guys have heard me quote this before. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, right, and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. I love that. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. So who is Jesus? John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, the Word was God. Isn't this good? Who's Jesus? He's the Word. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace, full of truth, right? So, only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is the Word of God. So you could say it this way, the Word of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's, it's made unto us that. The fear of the Lord is the fear or the reverence of God's word. So now we're, we're bringing this funnel down. The fear of the Lord is the fear of his word. You can't separate the two. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You can never separate God from his word. So here we see the problem. Because most are not living by the word. They're living by what they see naturally. They decide to go to a church based on what they think naturally instead of going, God, where do you want me to go? They work where they think maybe they could make the most money when all the, all the while is, no, God's saying, no, I'm the one who will bless you. You, you. you follow my plan for your life, right? So this is the whole thing. The wisdom of God will lock you in to following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because he's our, he's our guide. You will only find wisdom in God's word. You must pursue wisdom through the word of God with all your heart to find it. So that's a, that's a, a foundational statement. You must pursue wisdom through the word of God with all of your heart to find it. Does that make sense? I'm telling you, it's so worth it. You cannot gain wisdom through knowledge because wisdom goes beyond your intellect. It goes beyond positive thinking. It goes into impossible. All things are now, all impossible things now become possible. It's a matter of if God said it, I believe it. The battle's not over until I say it is. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I actually mean is actually the battle is over and I've already won. Now, I know it doesn't look like that out here yet, but because I believe that and I'm standing on it and I speak it, guess what? Hide and watch, it has to turn. Does that make sense? The battle, the, the battle is already over. So now I want, you, I, want to, I want to show you a picture in the Old Testament 
that will, that will give us a glimpse of this. So go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going we're gonna to see a story about Elisha and, and uh, his servant. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. So it's story time. So I'm going to read a story to you guys. So in 2 Kings 6, 8, it says this. Then this king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such a such place shall be my camp. So here's the king of Syria. He's at war with Israel. And, and he's saying, okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to go in such a such place and we're going to camp here and we're going we're gonna to come against Israel this way. That's what he's saying here. Verse 9, And the man of God, which is Elisha, we learn later, sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for there the Syrians are come down. So the king of Syria would say, Hey, we're going to go against Israel this way. God would tell Elisha, Elisha would go tell the king of Israel, Don't go that way, they're going this way. Right? So it says, um, and the king, verse 10, and the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. So this is happening. The king of Syria plans something and they lose again because it's like Elisha tells the king of Israel what they're going to do. Why is this written in the Bible? Because the enemy is coming. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There, there will be storms. There's going to be rivers. There's going to be a fiery furnace. There's going to be a lion, a bear. There's going to be Goliath. It's not if, it's when. But the Holy Spirit will tell you ahead of time what you're going to face and get you ready. In Ephesians 6 where it says that we're to stand against the wiles of the devil, that word stand literally means to survey the battlefield. It means that when you stand in the word of God, you see where the enemy's going to come before he even comes. So this is, this is a picture of this. And so, so therefore, verse 11, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He's thinking one of his guys are telling, right? It's for the king of Israel. Um, and then, then here it says, and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. And he, the king of Syria, said, Go and spy where he, Elisha, is, that I may send and fetch him. I'm not so sure he wanted to fetch him. <laughs> and it was told him, saying, Behold, Elisha is in Dothan. Therefore he sent, or therefore sent he the, their horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the whole city. So if you could imagine, this king is like, this guy is history. I'm taking this massive force. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever all of a sudden woken up and here's little old you, and you're surrounded by a diagnosis that says, this, this is no longer going to work out. 
you're surrounded by a financial situation that is just saying there's no way out. This is greater than me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Have you, ever, have you ever been surrounded by depression and fear and anxiety and terror? Anxiety attacks and you're just like, how am I ever going to get? That's, that's what this situation is. So now they're coming, right? So now, verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God, Elisha, was risen early. Could you imagine? Servant gets up, walks outside the tent. Good feeling, gone. Right, he sees this massive army all around. And it, the servant of the man of God was risen early, gone forth. Behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariot. And his servants said unto him, said unto Elisha, Alas, master, how shall we do? That's a little weird in the King James. It's the Hebrew word that means what shall we do? But you know, if you're that freaked out, you might say, how shall we do, Right? Realize this, that the total sum of man's knowledge is based on what he perceives with his five physical senses. The total sum of it. You go to a doctor and they are going to tell you information based on what they've perceived with their five physical senses. That's the limitations of our natural life. The wisdom of God goes beyond that. And it's to give you an unfair advantage in life. The king of Syria was at war with the king of Israel. Elisha would always tell the king of Israel his plans. Why? Because God revealed them. So now the king of Israel, or the king of Syria is coming to kill Elisha. Now 2 Kings 6.16. And he answered. So now Elisha is going to answer. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You will never know that if you don't walk in the wisdom of God. This is why this is so important. Elisha knew greater is he that's with us than he that's coming against us, right? Elisha had a truth that his servant did not have. In Psalm 34, 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. When a person accepts what the Bible says is truth, they can begin to operate in the wisdom of God rather than the limits of their own information. This is really what we want to do with this series to get to the point where now I'm, you're operating in the wisdom of God, not the limits of what your senses are telling you. Because I'm telling you, Satan is a master at, at creating circumstances. He'll attack your body illegally. He'll use people and situations, all for the purpose of getting you to look at everything through your senses, because it limits you. You're a child of God. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, right? So this is why this is so important. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. 
The wisdom of God will enable you to see things as they really are. So now go over to Proverbs chapter 3. I want, I want to finish up today by going through something and talking about joy, talking about happiness. See, when you walk by faith, when you walk in the love of God, well, first of all, if you're not walking in the love of God, you're not going to be able to walk by the faith of God. And if you're not walking in the love of God and walking by the faith of God, you won't be able to be led by the Spirit of God because you'll be wanting to go your own way. And the byproduct of that is you won't be happy. See, we think, we think if I go do something fun, that'll make me happy. Have you ever noticed that there's nothing in this world that could ever fulfill you and make you happy? It, why is that? Because it's not designed that way. So we're going to bring some light on some of this. Proverbs 3.13, it says this, Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. Always realize this, wisdom is the road to happiness, never things. Not money, not position. Wisdom is the road to happiness. You could think, well, I don't agree with that. Well, okay, you can do that. But it's foolish because God says wisdom, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. In the Hebrew language, a lot of times Hebrew words give a, give a picture, but they also have a connecting, almost like a sister word that's connected to them that brings out the meaning of it. So the word that's connected to the Hebrew word happy is the word for growth. It's connected. It gives us a picture of what being happy means. The greatest source of happiness is growing in God. Unless you're growing spiritually, you won't be able to be happy. Oh, you might have some moments where you have a good time. But at the end of the day, you go right back to where you were. But happiness comes from the wisdom of God. And so this is as you grow spiritually. That's why when a person's walking in the love of God, walking by the faith of God, being led by the Spirit of God, there is a joy and a happiness that's not outward, it's inward. And it helps you because if you ever get in your flesh, you'll jump right back out of it and get back in your spirit. Because, you know, there's just no life. There's a, there's, a, there's a song where it talks about, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim, right, in the light of his glory and grace. And this is what we're talking about. Most Christians, God is their fire insurance. And God is not this ever-present help in my time of need. He, he's, he's not, it's, it's almost like he's not real. The Lord told me that over a year ago where he said, many of my children live their life as if I'm not real. And when he said that to me, he took me like in a moment of time through my life, how I lived my life as if he wasn't real. He showed me areas that I was living in now to where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm living like he's not even real. God wants you, this is a real relationship and he wants you to experience it. The greatest source of happiness is growing in God. In other words, growing on the inside 
is the only thing that will fill the void on the inside of us that keeps us from being happy. We have to grow. What, what do I mean? We grow spiritually, but what does that really mean? We grow in our knowledge of him. We grow in relationship with him. We're feeding our spirit man the word of God, and we're growing him up. Could you imagine, you know, we have a, a brand new grandson, Micah. He's a few months old. Could you imagine if we stopped feeding him? Well, he's complete, right? He has everything he'll have when he's an adult, but he wouldn't completely develop if we didn't feed him. There's only one spiritual food. See, we work out our bodies. We spend a lot of time working out our bodies. We spend a lot of time. You know, you'll spend 12 years going to school to grow intellectually. Then you'll go maybe to four more years of college and grow intellectually. Some will go one or two more years to get that master's degree, and some people are just out of control like an Edwin, and, and he just goes to school, you know, and now he's, he's PhD, right? I mean, he's just got, right? But, but all this stuff, and we, we spend all this time to grow intellectually. We grow academically. We'll try to grow physically, but we neglect our spirit, and we wonder why we have trouble. I'm telling you, growing your spirit, man, is the greatest, that is the road to happiness, and only the word will get you there. Proverbs 23, 7, it, it says it, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renovation of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. Your happiness and growth depend on what you think. I would write that down. Your happiness and growth completely depend on what you're thinking. Some people can't figure out why they're just really not happy because you're thinking wrong. You've got to think thoughts that are from the God who is life. It's so, so very important. You know the word enjoyment? You know what it means? It means in joy. So if you want to if you want to have a time of enjoyment with your new car, you're going to have to be in joy. Well, what's joy? It's a fruit of your spirit. Right? So if you want to if you want to actually if you want to actually enjoy the things in this world better, serve God. Because that it'll get you in joy. Because there is no real enjoyment if you're not in joy. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. How do we live this life of joy? So it says this, Proverbs 15, 23. Proverbs 15, 23. It says, a man has joy... How? By the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, really in the Hebrew language it means, and a word spoken in his season, how good is it? How do you, see the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of God is in the DNA. It's one of the fruit of your spirit. How See, that fruit will just lay there unless you stir it up 
you have to speak. Joy comes as a result that you're thinking right and now you're speaking right, right? A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says this, a man's belly, this word belly means his inner being, his inner yearnings that are in him, the things from within shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips will he be filled. So joy comes as a result of what you're saying. Have you ever gotten in a situation and you're really feeling down and you're just going, okay, I need the joy of the Lord, right? And you just wish there was a button that you could just push. But actually there is. It's right here. So if you're really down and you start speaking God's word, it will stir up joy. To be honest with you, God set it up. See, joy is a result of what you're saying to your circumstance. So when your body is hurting, you want to have joy in that? This is how you have joy and this is how you get the pain out of your body, by responding to that. Father, I thank you that according to your word, it is written, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Father, I thank you that I don't have to have this pain in my body. And as I start stirring that up, joy, which strengthens me to stand. It literally enables me to draw the victory of God that he's already provided for me. This is really important. To draw it into my life so that I could walk out God's path for my life of health, of strength, of provision, of peace. It's all by your mouth. See, you and I as children of God, although we get everything together, nothing can stop us individually or corporately. You know, now, how strong am I by myself? Well, I could put a 1,000 to flight. That's pretty good, right? But, but then I hook up with, with Leanne, we could put 10,000 to flight. I mean, if we, if we get, then we get Carissa involved, we got 100,000 that we're now dealing with, and then, oh my gosh, then we throw in Alicia, now we got a million, bring it, right? So, so you th- see that? Then, I mean, then, then we start going all over here, right? What happens? See, we're so much better together, but you could have joy in the midst of anything. When you walk by faith, faith, you could see it on people. I mean, when Paul perceived that the, the man at Lystra had faith to be healed, what was it? Here's this crippled guy sitting there, and on his face, he's like, I know I could walk, but he didn't know what to do. So Paul told him, rise up and walk and yanked him and let's do it, you know? But he perceived faith. The secret, now this is big, the secret of joy in your life is speaking the correct things out of your mouth. Now, if your adversary wants to steal, kill, and destroy, he doesn't want you strong. So this is why he will try to get you either to not say anything 
Or he'll try to plant a bunch of thoughts in your mind so that you start speaking stupid stuff. Because if you speak correct things and you won't let go, I'm telling you, the joy will be there. Strength is there. The stronger, I mean, the longer it goes, the stronger you get. You almost, you start getting up in the morning. You're like, okay, Satan, you know, Father, I thank you for this day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you, Father, for this day. Satan, hey, I'm awake. I would suggest take your best shot now because I'm going to be stronger in an hour and a half because I'm going to be walking around. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not fantasy. This is reality. This is the word of God. Joy comes from our response to the circumstances of our life. Your response determines your joy. See, many, many people are pursuing things that never satisfy them from within. The Bible is teaching us that our joy is dependent on our attitude, not our circumstances. See, everything is all about circumstances. No, 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 no. It's all about attitude. Because you have the right heart attitude, it'll change all of your circumstances. See, your attitude comes out of your belief. If you have a bad attitude, if the glass is half full, it's coming from a belief that, that your glass is half full. So you can change that. You could reprogram that with the Word of God. In other words, your enjoyment of life depends completely on the attitude that you take toward and within your life. That's everything. So I say, let's just change our attitude today. That's how, is it that easy? Well, it's not easy because your flesh doesn't like it, but it's that simple, totally that simple. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, what does it mean, contentment? This Greek word, the, the, at the, the simplest definition would be this. When you're content, you're satisfied in the moment. What? The doctor just said you have a terminal illness. You're going to die. You could be content. Because you have an attitude that comes from the Word of God, a belief that comes from the Word of God, that no, it's written, I'm going to live and not die, and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. I'm going to live long on the earth. Right? To be satisfied in the moment. What it, another definition is allowing today be the day that you're living in. Think of all the trouble in your life. It, it's never really just today. It's that going forward, things are never going to get better or they could get worse. No, no, no. When you're content, you just, you've already given God all your tomorrows. See, how do I stay content? I cast the whole of my care on him. Right? I'm not trying to fix anything and do anything. No, 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 no. I already am. Right? The attitude of contentment is everything when it comes to you enjoying your life. And contentment is all about your attitude. When I, and I'm still learning this because I was a person that I just, I'm just like, I am just not happy. It's, and, and I'm telling you, in all of our flesh, Satan will work overtime to try to keep you unhappy. 
you know, if you even just flinch a little bit, all of a sudden, you're, you'll be living out of your flesh and you just get unhappy with things. You don't have to live there. You always speak your attitudes because they come out of your beliefs. Our joy is dependent on our attitude, not our circumstances. And it all flows from the wisdom of God, guys. So we're going to talk more about that. I hope that helped you a little bit today. This week, whatever you're facing, face it with the word of God. Stir yourself up with the word. Speak the word over your circumstances and joy will be there. Actually, guess what? All the fruit of the spirit work this way. You want to be long-suffering? Is there somebody in your life that's just like, oh my gosh, right? Just start speaking the word over them because you'll start stirring up long-suffering and all of a sudden that husband of yours or that wife of yours, you're just going to be able to deal with it. That boss, right? Peace is the same way. Turmoil comes into your life, start speaking what the word says about peace, and all of a sudden, the peace of God, it will mount guard over your heart and mind through Christ, and you'll be fine. It's a great way to live.